Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And we're off and running with our Thursday program. Glad to have you with us here on the Big X. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective each weekday at 11 a.m. Always a lot to get to, even here in the summer months, and it's hard to believe we're making that turn right now toward fall sports and college football and, of course, uh, what everybody wants, college basketball and IU basketball really just around the corner. Still some months away, but uh, an event later this month, an NIL event actually, where you can uh, see a little bit of the uh, IU team, a meet and greet, and a, I guess you could say kind of a quasi-practice opportunity, and I know we'll be covering that and talking more about that here uh, as that event draws closer. But uh, basketball is here, uh, almost. Football is on deck and getting ready to begin. So some fun times ahead here over the next few months. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, we've got a look at some headlines, including a couple local things that we're following. Uh, New Albany High School going to name its basketball floor at the famed doghouse after Romeo Langford. And we'll tell you some of the details on that. It sounds like Romeo will be part of that uh, day, and there's going to be an opportunity to uh, get some autographs and things of that nature. So we'll share that with you here in just a moment. Also, Uh, Some IU basketball news, uh, tracking IU football players, former IU football players in the NFL as well. I was really surprised to read yesterday the number of guys that IU has playing in the NFL. And I guess this shows you that I'm not a true IU football guy because so many of those names, especially from yesteryear, uh, I don't recall and can barely remember some of them. Others, obviously, you, you know exactly who they are. But IU with a pretty good number of guys in the NFL, at least on rosters, uh, to start the upcoming NFL season, which is not far away either. HYR Little League, their intermediate team, defeated last night uh, down at the World Series. And uh, now they advance on to an elimination game. So we'll talk about that as well and some other headlines coming up here in just a bit. Later in the show, Thursdays, it's Inside the Hall Day with Alex Alex is on vacation this week, so Tyler Tockman, one of his writers from the Inside the Hall website, uh, will join us. And Just uh, good to catch up with Tyler. We'll kind of get his thoughts on things uh, here this offseason on IU and where things stand heading into next season. A lot of excitement around the program. There is no question about that. And Tyler will join us to talk about IU hoops uh, here in segment number two today. Also, later in the show, uh, we continue our preview of high school football 
for the upcoming 2022 season, which begins just a few weeks from now. And Jeffersonville head coach Isaac Parker will join the program as today we take a look at the Red Devils, get his thoughts on what he's seen so far in early practices, and also Coach Parker's thoughts on the Hoosier Hills Conference and Southern Indiana football as a whole. We had Coach Cooley on this week, Coach Parker on now, and some additional coaches coming up here over the next few weeks in advance of the start of the high school football season. That's the show lineup for this Thursday program a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Also, the Thornton's text line is open. Send in your questions and comments, 502 414 1450 again 502-414-1450 it's summer cash bash at thornton's each week one lucky refreshing rewards member will win ten thousand dollars all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 chevy tahoe simply open your refreshing rewards app and click on the summer cash bash icon to enter and that's not all you can earn additional entries by purchasing select Top brands like Mountain Dew 20 ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12 packs, large Doritos, and many more using your refreshing rewards card. It's Thornton's Summer Cash Bash, not a refreshing rewards member. Text the word rewards to the number 80313. That's 80313 today. Let's get into our headlines for today. New Albany High School announcing yesterday that the Doghouse Gymnasium on the campus of the high school, will be named the Romeo Langford Court. And the dedication ceremony for this big honor for the former New Albany great is scheduled for August 20th. It's a free event. Doors will open at 1130 uh, that morning, and uh, the program will get started shortly after that. And the flyer indicated that there would be an opportunity for autographs and kind of a meet-and-greet opportunity, uh, which will be really neat. But it will be pretty cool to see a guy that's still very young and his NBA career still up in question as far as you know what type of professional career will he have but he did so much during his time at New Albany with whether it was on the court with wins and handling himself the right way or whether it was off the court just being a good representative not really just of New Albany but of the area um, to, to get these honors and I, I think it's amazing to think back um, as he was graduating high school and as he was headed off to to college, uh, a court, an outdoor court, albeit a nice one, uh, named in his honor, again, just as a high school senior. That's amazing. You don't see things that uh, early. You don't see things that often, but that is the kind of impact that he had. And of course, as he's went through his one year of college in Indiana, now uh, been in the NBA and, and showed, I think, that he's going to continue to handle himself the right way. Uh, now to see the court named after him uh, will be a really good deal uh, at New Albany on August 20th. It's free to get in. And it also indicated the announcement that he's going to be at uh, the football game that Friday night. New Albany has a home game on the 19th. So it sounds like Romeo will be uh, in for the weekend uh, to uh, get that pretty cool honor at New Albany High School. So that will be neat. And uh, when you head to the doghouse for the high school basketball season uh, coming up, expect to see Romeo Langford's uh, signature uh, on the floor and uh, some new markings. 
things on the court, indicating that uh, things have been named in his honor. So I guess it'll be the Romeo Langford Court at the New Albany Doghouse, which uh, has a pretty good ring to it. So that's a good local honor uh, to pass along regarding Romeo Langford. And then IU basketball, I know we mentioned this yesterday, but 11 uh, IU men's and women's basketball players, it was announced, signed NIL deals uh, totaling 425000 for this uh, name, image, and likeness collective called Hoosiers for Good. It's a nonprofit organization that pairs players up as basically promoters for different nonprofit organizations, many serving kids uh, throughout the state of Indiana. Jalen Hood Shafino, Malik Renault, Caleb Banks, CJ Gunn, all freshmen, uh, already getting some. NIL opportunities there. Tamar Bates, Logan Duncombe, also Trey Galloway, Jordan Geronimo, Xavier Johnson, Miller Kopp. And then on the women's side, Sydney Parrish, who came in from uh, Oregon this past season. She was announced as one of the players joining Hoosiers for good as well. So uh, a neat deal. There's been a lot of questions about NIL collectives and how they work and if they're legal and if they're going to be around as the NCAA looks at maybe some rules around the name, image, and likeness process. Uh, but it just it's, it's a good feel because the players get some money. Uh, the organization pairs these players with, let's say, the Boys and Girls Club of, of Monroe County in Bloomington, uh, and they do some services there or run a camp there or uh, participate in a marketing campaign as part of the money that they're receiving. So kind of an interesting setup, uh, but I think a feel-good setup, at least for now, it's legal to do. Uh, but again, collectives have been set up at a lot of the big programs in college basketball and football. In fact, Indiana, I think that I'm aware of, has two uh, that folks have set up uh, surrounding IU basketball primarily. Uh, and that's the case if you look at Alabama football and so many others that are out there. So kind of interesting to see what people are doing elsewhere. Uh, kind of interesting to see where Indiana maybe right now stacks up in the NIL process with a good team this coming year, with a great fan base, with Trace Jackson Davis leading the way. Obviously, he's going to make some big dough, it looks like, with NIL uh, monies coming in this upcoming season. Uh, be interesting to kind of see where Indiana stacks up overall when you look at some of the other big programs that are out there. But the Hoosiers for Good Collective, kind of a neat, uh, I think, a neat deal uh, in the NIL process. Also, looking at the NFL season coming up, 17 former IU players or on NFL training camp rosters this summer. Now, I don't think at all if you scroll through the list of names that all 17 are expected to make actual NFL rosters once all the cuts have been made, but there are Hoosiers on 13 different teams, so 17 names on 13 different training camp teams. Four teams, that's Dallas, the New York Giants, the New York Jets, and San Francisco. They have two former players on their training camp rosters. And if you look at positional players uh, from IU, IU best represented uh, by offensive line players, they have five that are on training camp rosters right now. And again, as you scroll the list, some recent names, some very familiar names with IU football, and for me, a couple that you know I don't remember as well. You might remember the name, but not specific. So 17, a pretty good list um, 
for uh, I think for Indiana for a school that's had the the success it has at times been solid but never great never consistently good really for years now to have 17 at least on training camp rosters uh, is a good deal for them also little league baseball we love to follow our local teams and like to mention community-based sports here on this program so Highlander Youth Recreation this is the intermediate division uh, so just above the 12-year-old division they are playing in Livermore California in the uh, little league recreate uh, intermediate excuse me World Series uh, the, the team won a thriller the day before. And then last night, uh, lost at 8-2 by an 8-2 deficit to Danville, California. That was a winner's bracket game out there in Livermore. And so it's a double elimination bracket with that. HYR will drop down and face Central East Maui from Hawaii uh, at 9 p.m. tonight. Eastern time, that's 9 p.m. Eastern time, in an elimination game. And I understand I've not watched any yet. I'm going to try to get that one on tonight. I understand they're on ESPN+. Plus. If you want to tune into some of those games, uh, but HYR uh, fighting for its life, trying to see if they can advance on uh, from the elimination side of the bracket tonight. Uh, the winner of the uh, HYR and Central East Maui game would rematch with Danville, California at 8 p.m. Saturday night in the United States Championship game. And then, of course, the winner of that game a few days later would play in the actual World Series game against the international winner. So, I mean, HYR's right there. They've, they've got a legitimate chance to appear in the uh, United States game, and then if they can muster a better effort against Danville, California, they could be the U.S. champion. So good luck to them. We'll be following them tonight. Excited to see the run that they've had in this newer division of Little League Baseball, and it seems to be catching on, and HYR has been a leader in that division in our area. Uh, There's no question about that. That's our headlines for this Thursday edition of the program. Send in your uh, text, questions, and comments on the Thornton's text line. That number is 502 414 1450. Tyler Tachman of Inside the Hall is next. He's a great guest on IU basketball and college hoops. And if you've got any IU uh, or Big Ten or even college hoops questions or thoughts for next season, you can send them in. We'll get them on the air with Tyler. And then still ahead, later in the program, Isaac Parker, the Jeffersonville football boss, will join us as our preview of high school football for the upcoming season continues later in the hour. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday program. Tyler Tockman of InsideTheHall.com filling in in place of Alex Bozich today. And our Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Tyler, we haven't spoke with you for a while, so great to catch up and get your perspective on all things IU hoops here in the offseason. And as we look ahead to the upcoming year, uh, clearly there's a lot of excitement about everything right now with the Indiana program. Uh, What's your early thought on this team when it comes to 
the Big Ten Conference and this team's potential standing, and could they maybe uh, be a team that competes for and wins a Big Ten championship this upcoming year? Yeah, I think they're they're definitely a legitimate contender um, heading into the season. And if you know, on paper, this is probably one of the most uh, experienced and quite possibly talented teams in the Big Ten. Um, but you know, I would say that. The two things for me are, one is who is going to be able to shoot. Um, I think that's kind of one of the, probably the most burning question uh, going into the season is that, you know, can can someone step up into that role that Parker Stewart had? And, and I know he took a lot of criticism, but, um, you know, he still shot a really high percentage from three. So can, can Miller Cop shoot at, at a consistent clip? Can, can, can Trey Galloway shoot at a, uh, you know, a, a good enough clip to keep the defense honest. Can Tamar Bates take a step forward? Um, who's going to be that other guy or few guys to be able to shoot from the outside uh, to make sure that Trace Jackson Davis has enough uh, room inside to, to go to work? And the other I'd say um, is who, who's going to be the closer? We, we saw so many times last year where Indian was in the game late and, and they ended up letting it slip away. You look uh, at, at Syracuse, um, uh, at Ohio State, uh, home against Rutgers, those are just a few games. But you know, if Indiana is able to swing those games, um, they're most likely not in that first four of the NCAA tournament. So you know, who is going to be the guy down the stretch of games um, that can make big plays? And so I guess for me, those are kind of the two biggest things as we go into the season. Um, I'm looking for. All right, Tyler Talkman of Inside the Hall with some good stuff on IU for the upcoming year. It sounds like, based on your response to my first question, that this team's shooting uh, is the biggest question surrounding this team. Is that right? Because, Tyler, it, it, shooting has sure been, I think, number one uh, for this team the last number of seasons. When you look at what this team could be, should be, uh, that's what a lot of it's, uh, a lot of the, I think, where it's faltered a lot. Is that what you see as A1 for this team this season you'll be watching early on? Yeah, another part of it, too, is just the way that the modern game is kind of going where you have to be able to spread the floor. There's, you know, you see less and less, if any, uh, you know, basketball being played. We have two back-to-the-basket uh, big men. So you have to have guys that are going to be able to shoot, and especially for, you know, I'm looking specifically at Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson because those two, I think, will be the most impacted by if Indiana is able to shoot, because if they're not, then you can have guys collapsing on Trace Jackson Davis, making it much more difficult for him to work inside. And, and two being Xavier Johnson, that driving lanes are going to close up if you have guys on the wing that are able, or defenders on the wing that are able to kind of sneak, just stay in the lane and not have to worry about getting out to shooters on the outside. So, um, you know, those are possibly two of Indiana. They're probably two of Indiana's. Uh, most important players and if you can't shoot you just make life on the offensive end so much more difficult for them talking with tyler talkman of inside the hall here on this thursday program tyler trace jackson davis expected to lead the way i don't think anyone questions that uh, a lot of key returners back from last season but also a lot of new names in the fold as well. I think I probably know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you uh, and ask you to give us a little explanation why of the incoming faces, the new guys, 
Uh, who is most intriguing to you as far as from a perspective that they can help the IU cause in the Big Ten race uh, in their very first season? I think there's two that you know I look at could have an immediate impact, one being Jalen hood Shafino and the other being Malik Renew. Uh, both teammates on Montver, they won back-to-back Geico Nationals titles there. Um, so, you know, they're coming from winning programs, and, and they're both also very physically mature for being a freshman. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at being able to compete in the Big Ten immediately, you have to, you have to, you know, have strength. And I think both of those guys already kind of come in um, with that with that build. Uh, but Jalen Shafino can, you know, he was talking about playing on the ball, off the ball, alongside J- Xavier Johnson. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that if he can be a consistent shooter from the outside, that's just, just going to make his game um, even more dynamic and difficult to stop because he's already a very good ball handler, very good passer. Uh, he makes his teammates around him better. And then Malik Renu, you know, I, I don't know whether, how, you know, if he'll be starting, you know, but um, I would, you know, if he comes off the bench, um, that's kind of some depth that Indian has had, that hasn't had over the last two seasons. If you look at uh, two seasons ago, Joey Brunk getting hurt. Um, so most of, you know, the pressure was on Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. Uh, last season, Michael Durr really didn't provide that consistent list that, you know, I think many people had hoped for. So if you have Malik Renu being a guy that can be a consistent game in and game out, you know, providing uh, a few points here, a few points there, providing really solid minutes, um, and, you know, anything more is a plus. But um, I think he can be that, you know, third uh, post kind of, you know, rotation player that Indiana has lacked the last few seasons. Tyler Talkman inside the hall, my guest, talking IU basketball. I've asked a few other uh, folks that join this show on a regular basis this question, and I'm going to pose it to you as well. Do you want to take a stab, or have you given much thought to what a potential starting lineup could look like for Coach Woodson's team this year? Uh, yeah, I mean, this uh, this is not me reporting it, but I guess just my thoughts on it. I, you know, I think Xavier Johnson at the one, I think uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Ray Thompson starting. I think, um, you know, the other two spots might be a little up for grabs at the three, you know, maybe. Uh, you know, I think Miller Cop would actually start. I think, you know, Mike Woodson seems to like um, experience in Miller Cop, obviously being going into his fifth season now as experience. So I think the, the last starting spot might be up for grabs. And, you know, it might be between uh, Trey Galloway, um, and Tamar Bates, from from my view, or Jalen or Chafino. So I think you know those three guys. And, and you know, if you want to look at Jordan Geronimo possibly getting in there too, if he's able to play on the wing effectively. Um, but you know, from my perspective, that's kind of close to the starting five that you know I think um, you know would be the best to put out there right now. All right, Tyler Talkman joining us in place of Alex Bozich here on this Thursday show, talking through some IU basketball stuff here in the off season. Uh, as we look ahead uh, to obviously the season and all the excitement there, we've talked a lot about the schedule uh, and how it looks so different than what it did even a year ago. And Mike Woodson basically told us from uh, the opening press conference when he was hired that the schedule would be 
a lot different this year. Biggest game uh, in the non-conference schedule, is it that home game uh, against North Carolina, part of the ACC Big Ten Challenge? Is that the, the big premier game of, uh, of non-Big Ten conference play? I think it is just because it's in Bloomington, and you know it'll, that that place should be rocking. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I, I would kind of put four games in the really important non-conference category. I'd put the neutral site game against Arizona uh, at Xavier, and the Gava games that North Carolina game uh, as well. So you know, I think that you know all of those games. It, it's going to be interesting to see kind of how it turns out in terms of building momentum going into Big Ten uh, play, uh, you know, whether it's going to be, you know, I think if if Indiana is able to pick up maybe two wins out of those games, I think that, you know, that would be huge for them in terms of building confidence going into the Big Ten. But um, I think I was missing one game out of the four there. But anyway, I think, you know, if Indiana can go two and two in those games, um, I, I think that they have, you know, a lot of confidence building going into the into the Big Ten. But I think you kind of have to pick up one one of those games because, um, you know, it, it, if you lose all four of them, then it, you know it's going to be difficult. You know, kind of you're going to have to regroup and maybe some of those expectations might have to be tempered. All right, Tyler, uh, switching gears here a little bit. This week, uh, we've had a number of conversations about NIL opportunities for IU players and what those look like and what NIL collectives are and uh, just a lot of things have come up uh, this week re- regarding that. You've, I think, got an interesting view. You've been on campus. You're a younger guy. Uh, you have a different view of things. So with that said, as you look around at what other big-time programs, whether it be in college basketball or football, what opportunities are there uh, and being discussed about for their athletes, where do you think Indiana stacks up right now as far as getting NIL deals and NIL monies for its student-athletes? Yeah, actually, I just remembered the other game I was trying to think of was at Kansas. That's oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. Yeah, but um, no, I, I think the the way that Indiana is going about NIL, um, you know, I, I think that it's, it's great the way that they've done it in terms of uh, they just announced yesterday a, a lot more uh, IU players that are part of the Hoosiers for good, and basically what that's doing is, uh, you know, players are getting NIL money for going out in the community and helping. And I think when you look at, there's a lot of you know kind of landscape of NIL is crazy and almost like the wild wild west right now. Um, but for the fact that there, you know, you have players going into the community trying to better the community. Uh, and then getting paid while doing so, I think that you know that's a really really good use of NIL um, and, and kind of showing how there are some really positive ways that NIL can not only affect the lives of players but it can also affect the community in a positive way. So uh, you know when I look at things like that, um, you know it, it gets me excited for for the future of NIL. You know in, in kind of rather than the uncertainty of, you know, you have guys from Miami just paying players, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars to come there, which, you know, isn't necessarily a bad thing. But um, I think when you can kind of have that symbiotic relationship of where, you know, players can help the community or help, you know, 
the community in some other way, and then they're getting paid for that. I think that's just a really good use of resources and time. All right, Tyler Talkman inside the hall, covering a lot of ground with us today on IU Basketball. I want to get into recruiting. A lot of visits here to Bloomington recently. Uh, There were some key 2023 guys on campus last week. And then here over the last few days, Trent Sicily and Jalen Harrelson, two big in-state names and going to definitely be national names, I think, in the 2025 class, kind of opened up their uh, ability to take visits with uh, unofficial stops uh, to the IU campus in Bloomington. So I know it's been a very busy time for the IU coaches since they got off the road. Jamie Kaiser is a name that uh, is a 2023 guy that Indiana is thought to be in pretty good shape with. And I think I saw earlier this morning that he is set later this week, I think on Friday, to take a uh, another visit to Maryland. Do you have any insight on where Indiana stands uh, with any of these guys, especially the 2023 names that were recently on campus? Yeah, I, I spoke with uh, Jamie Kaiser Sr., who's the father of Jamie Kaiser Jr. Uh, last week, I believe it was, after his official visit. And, and he said Indiana's high on his list. Uh, he actually just recently decided to go to IMG Academy uh, for his senior season. But, you know, I think uh, that, that uh, him and his dad were very impressed from the, the visit to Bloomington and um, just the, the love for basketball that people had, the love for the program. Um, and, and then, you know, as far as the 2023 class, um, Indiana has two commits, Ja'Kai Newton um, and Gabe Cup, and then they had other guys, 2023 guys on campus. Um, Aronson Page and Deshaun Harris-Smith. Um, so, you know, those those are guys that it seems like Indiana's being really aggressive with. Um, and, and I also saw, too, yesterday, Draven uh, Gibbs-Lawhorn, who played as a freshman at McCutcheon before uh, transferring to Utah, and now he's at Montverde. But he, he decommitted from Purdue. And um, Travis Graff of uh, rivals reported that Indiana was among the teams to reach out to him. Um, so, you know, potentially that could be another name to kind of track as Indiana is trying to finish up this 2023 class. But, um, you know, he's at Mount Verde, uh, Draven Gibb-Lawhorn is, and obviously that's where uh, Malik Renu and Jalen hood uh came from. So, you know, I don't think there would be too many IU fans that would uh, you know, be disappointed with trying to get a Montverde to IU pipeline going. But, um, you know, I think that's another name potentially uh, to look at besides those three, um, TJ Power, another one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Indiana, I think when I look at it, you know, needs to add some, some big men down low because, you're, you know, Race Thompson will be gone after this upcoming season. And then, you know, look at Trace Jackson Davis, who he still has another year of eligibility, but it, it's hard to see a situation where he would come back for a fifth year so um you know you you're probably going to need to add some depth down low whether that be through the incoming recruiting class um, or or through the transfer portal all right uh, tyler talkman inside the hall kind enough to fill in for alex bozich here on this thursday program and uh lots of uh, lots of coverage today tyler thank you so much for the chat we'll do it again soon all right, thank you very much. All right, good stuff from Tyler. A good reporter at uh, InsideTheHall.com and works with Alex and his great team there providing uh, free coverage of uh, IU basketball throughout the year. I'm glad that uh, Tyler brought up uh, the decommitment, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn uh, from uh, Purdue yesterday. <clears throat> He's got a number of schools 
as Tyler mentioned, uh, that have already jumped in and shown interest. Indiana, one of those schools, according to On3 Sports, a report I saw just before the show this morning. uh, Gibbs Lawhorn ranked number 53 nationally uh, in the uh, 2023 class. He's a four-star and uh, was a big name in our state. He he mentioned, uh, Tyler did, that uh, Dre played his freshman year at McCutcheon, uh, was expected to really be a big name in high school basketball in our state out of the Lafayette area, uh, and uh, then d- chose to go out uh, out west. I think he went to a Salt Lake uh, prep school, and I'm not even sure exactly where he's at for this upcoming year. Maybe the same place, but definitely a name that years back when I saw him uh, was intrigued with. And uh, then when he left the state, I know he was highly recruited and uh, did some good things, but just didn't track him as closely. But he obviously is a, a really talented player, and will be interesting to see if Indiana, uh, with some late interest in him, he is a 2023 guy, uh, can find a way to uh, get involved with him and, and perhaps land a commitment. But uh, Uh, Of course, Indiana-Purdue rivalry, that would just add to the lore of the whole thing uh, because uh, Gibbs Lawhorn is a Lafayette kid. McCutcheon is in Lafayette. McCutcheon High School is. And uh, obviously, uh, Robert Fennessy from McCutcheon some years back, now finishing his college career at Cincinnati. But uh, uh, the first player from Lafayette, that area that Indiana had in years and years, uh, was Robert Fennessy. So we'll see how the uh, open recruitment now of Dre Gibbs Lawhorn plays out uh, in the coming weeks. We'll head to a commercial break and come back with Isaac Parker, the head football coach at Jeffersonville High School, as we preview the Red Devils and more for the upcoming season. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Thursday program. It's been great to take a look around high school football in Clark and Floyd counties for the upcoming season. Last week, we began our series with local high school coaches, and it continues right now with Isaac Parker. He's the head coach of the Jeffersonville Red Devils. Coach Parker, it's great to talk Jeff football with you, and the season, it will be here before you know it, just a couple weeks away. Matt, thanks a lot for having me on today. Absolutely. I know a lot of work has went in uh, with you and your staff and, of course, your players to get to this point, which is where school is back, regular practices are underway. But you guys were hard at it in the summer with a lot of work and preparation and even some scrimmage opportunities as well. Uh, how did the off-season months with no school uh, in the way, I guess you could say, how did things go during the summer preparing for this year? The offseason itself was great. Uh, this was our first opportunity, you know, with a couple of years back-to-back of COVID that interrupted uh, our off-seasons. And uh, my first year here, I was, wasn't hired till June of, uh, of uh, 19. So this is our first full season, uh, full off-season together as a team. And, and man, it didn't disappoint. Um, you know, the, the summer months, we took full advantage of the uh, practices allotted to us, the limited contacts allotted to us. And, uh, you know, we're able to, able to get in and uh, scrimmage some teams and, and really grew as a team. we got a young squad coming back this year, so we knew uh, 
we knew that those uh, summer months were going to be really imperative. Coach, if I'm right, I believe you graduated 20 or more players from the Red Devils roster last season, including some really key names like quarterback Cole Phillips. Is that the case? Am I right on that number? And I mean, that, that's a huge graduating class, uh, all from the same, uh, you know, from the senior class. You know, we've had back-to-back years of 20-plus uh, uh, senior classes. I think last year, if I believe I'm correct, is 26. Uh, from last season, but we had uh, back-to-back years of over 20 seniors, and and uh, you know, with that being said, as last year's seniors, uh, of course, due to the large senior class before, uh, they didn't have as much playing time as juniors either. So you know, we did we're going back to back, and we're very young this year. Talking with Isaac Barker, he's the head coach of Jeffersonville football. Obviously, there's some key returners though from last year, even though you guys will be young. Uh, can you highlight some of the names that? fans uh, should be expected to hear be called out when games begin very soon yeah they heard they heard it a lot last year uh you know zion mansfield he's our uh he's our uh, our key back uh return from last year zion had a thousand yard season uh he just uh he's, he's a lot of child to try to tackle um you know he, he brings a lot uh inside the box for us as well as outside um from the uh, uh receiver standpoint we are uh we're bringing back a, a pretty good receiving core we got brandon curl returning brandon is probably our most experienced receiver from last year uh towards the end of the season we had some uh, bright spots from rajon laird uh he was a freshman uh last year he's a basketball player big body receiver for us um and uh you know we're expecting big things out of him as well um i think the uh the only returning uh full season starter that we had on the offensive line last year uh, was uh, Elijah Mushler. Uh, he started every game for us last year in uh, a couple of different positions. He's bringing it back. Outside of that, we're brand new at the offensive line. However, that's uh, I'm, I'm real excited about that group. Um, defensively, you know, we were returning uh, Leland Ponce. Uh, Leland was a honorable mention All Conference linebacker for us as a sophomore. He's a junior. Uh, he's gonna you know take control of that defense for us. Um, uh, defensive back spot, we're we're bringing back. Uh, so some, some pretty big talent there. Kion Stevenson, you know, Kion played a lot of DB for us last year. Uh, we did have a, a young man transfer out of Jeff that, uh, as of last week, that uh, that uh, was a returning starter for us. Uh, his brother was Davari Julian, but Dalen Julian, uh, he started uh, DB for us. He actually uh, left. Uh, that kind of stung a little bit. But, man, I'll tell you, we're deep at that position. We've got a lot of, uh, a lot of guys coming back. Uh, real excited about that. Coach, I'm curious, after back-to-back really big and, and talented senior classes, uh, how different is the off season? How different is the summer uh, with so much inexperience and and young talent? Uh, when it's not guys maybe that have been in your system now for three, four years and know exactly what Coach Parker, all the coaches expect, is it is it different? Is it is it more of a challenge for you guys in those summer opportunities to really get your stuff in and to develop a culture and identity? You know, culture is that key word. Um, and, and I'm a firm believer that you, you establish your culture in the off season, uh, and it's reinforced during the season, uh, and not having, you know, off seasons, full off seasons for the past three years. I think that, uh, you know, that, that probably crept up and, and bit us a couple of times, uh, during the season itself. So again, I, I do feel that, that we've done a, a really nice job as a staff and I feel like the players really bought into the culture that, that we've created, uh, for this season. Um, you know, as far as the, uh, we took baby steps. It started in spring ball and it carried into the summer. We took baby steps. We had goals at the end of spring ball to run a specific amount of plays perfectly. Uh, you know, entering the uh, entering the summer uh, to, to to make sure we had a specific number of coverages defensively uh, perfect uh, by the time we ended the summer. We just be able to build off of that. And you know, I, uh, 
the young men responded to the way it was presented to them, and you know I feel very confident going into this year. All right, Isaac Parker of Jeffersonville Football, my guest. Coach, the season is is almost here. Uh, it'll begin for you guys on Friday, August 19th. That's a trip uh, to Bell County, Kentucky. And, it, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's part of some early season, maybe like a bowl thing where there's a couple games that evening or that weekend. Uh, but that's always a big trip, uh, a big game, and you're going to take on and I think find out a lot about this Jeff football team right out of the gate down in Kentucky. We, uh, unfortunately, uh, last minute, was, it was a summer thing, we found out that uh, we actually lost that game. Oh, okay. actually, uh, Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a stretch there. We've reached out to, uh, the uh, you know, through numerous connections in Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio, uh, trying to, to, to fill a spot. And as of right now, that, that spot is still vacant. So, of course, if anybody's listening and they have a spot, give us a call. We're ready to go. Um, but it looks like our, our season opener is going to be uh, August the uh, 26th uh, against Seymour. Uh, if you remember last year, uh, we did have a home and home with Bell County. Uh, we're real excited about that opportunity to get to play them uh, up here and down there. They're a very talented football team. Um, when we uh, we lost that game because of COVID, um, uh, we you know were shut down our, our preseason scrimmage as well as game one, and uh, it's been a struggle trying to uh, to replace that game. Yeah, and I guess really for you as a head coach, uh, this will be and you mentioned this out of the gate one of the first hopefully normal seasons. Of football, I'll never forget the the 2020 year. Uh, how crazy that season was! But I know when you look back on that season, Coach Parker, it will still have good memories because it was a Jeff football team that, although maybe struggled some early, got going strong in the second half, and it would go on to win a sectional championship in that unforgettable COVID mess of a season in 2020. You know, while I uh, I have very fond memories of that season. <laughs> Uh, especially how it ended, uh, I don't wish anything like that again. Uh, we're, you know, we're ready to get back to a little bit of normalcy this year. Of course, we have the interruption week one as of right now, hoping maybe we can squeeze something in here in the last, uh, you know, the last couple weeks uh, to try to fill that spot. Um, but you know, outside of that, we're not expecting any speed bumps. Um, uh, you know, again, we've got a very large freshman class this year. We're excited about uh, one of the largest since I've been there. You know, uh, and and you know, we're just looking to, to establish some normalcy there. Coach, uh, let, let's look at the schedule as a whole. If things stand and there is no week one game for the Devils, it'll be August 26 at Seymour, which is a Hoosier Hills Conference game. Uh, the schedule this year, uh, the Hoosier Hills Conference teams, Silver Creek also a great add to the schedule. That's a team that, uh, as that game plays out, can be kind of a local rivalry. Uh, and also Mount Vernon Posey, another team on the schedule this year. What's the strength of your schedule this year? Is this a tough schedule? And I guess as you answer that question, maybe give us your thoughts on what the Hoosier Hills Conference looks like, because obviously the strength of the conference and those teams is going to dictate a lot to, to do with the strength of your schedule you know we uh we do feel that we do have a tough uh tough schedule this year you know Floyd Central is always Floyd Central and the Albany had that great semi-state run uh last year I know they'll be hungry and excited but you know you got to look back on uh Seymour really finished strong last year uh they, they finished strong and you know they gave New Albany a ball game who again ended up winning regionals the uh the next week um you know so so we know that you know th those games are definitely difficult Columbus East is always Columbus East I know uh Anytime, in my opinion, anytime we play in that conference, we've all seen each other. We all know each other. It's going to be a battle. We had the luxury of playing in a scrimmage with Bedford a couple of weeks ago, uh, and uh, you know they, of course, look look like they're a typical Bedford team. Very strong, uh, very physical, uh, very disciplined. Um, you know, so we know conference wise, it's, it's going to be strong. 
Um, again, we had a great showing last year uh, by the HHC, you know, with New Albany making it to the, uh, the semi-state game. Um, and, and, you know, I think they were prepped for that based on their regular season schedule, and that included the, uh, the Hoosier Hills Conference. So, you know, top to bottom, I think the Hoosier Hills is going to be a, a tough conference to deal with this year. Um, you know, uh, Silver Creek, that game last year was a lot of fun. Um, you know, they're a program, I think they're, you know, I would still call them and, and the, uh, historically fairly young. Um, but man, they, uh, Dave, uh, Coach Pappenhouse did a great job with them last year and, and as he does every year. And we know that, uh, you know, they're going to be a tough football team again. I know they generally, uh, do pretty well in their conference. Uh, and, you know, they'll be, uh, tested a few times and I'm sure they'll, they'll do just fine. Uh, but, North Vernon Posey, uh, they're returning that the quarterback, and I apologize, his name's slipping from me right now. But that young man is a uh, is a uh, very strong athlete, um, and you know it's, we'll have our work cut out for them. We went down there last year, uh, had a real rough game down there, um, and uh, you know they did pull that win out on us. We're expecting uh, to come back this year and, and have a uh, have a better showing, but we know he's going to be a uh, he's going to be a handful for us. Coach Parker, as we close out this interview, uh, I, I sense some real excitement and some teamwork at Jeffersonville High School with Larry Owens, the new athletic director. I know he's working really hard to get folks on the same page and to uh, build some unity there at Jeff and uh, get the programs as involved with the community and the local businesses as possible. So uh, to start the year, football, a big part of kicking off the school year and uh, sports at Jeffersonville High School for the year. Uh, how's it going with Coach Owens uh, leading the athletic department? Yeah, I tell you, he, uh, I, I had the luxury of knowing him for a while. We have kids uh, about the same age. Um, so, you know, as far as uh, who he is as a person and his character, I, I, I never doubted that. I thought it was a great hire uh, for Jeffersonville. But, man, I'll tell you, I haven't had the opportunity to work with him. Um, he is a very energetic, uh, very on the spot. He likes to handle things quickly, and uh, but the coaches have really enjoyed it. So there was a, a, a meeting that we had um, this summer where every head coach, every assistant coach in the school got together, and we had a nice little, uh, nice little uh, meal together, and had the opportunity to talk. And he brought up that uh, that at one point he was in a meeting, and there were three coaches um, that were in the in, in the same meeting together, and three of them did not know each other. And that was that was one of the first things he wanted to remedy. You know, we we pride ourselves. Coach Struck put this out. He put you know uh, he hashtags uh, twenty sports one team, and. Uh, you know, I think uh, uh, Larry was able to, to recognize some of the uh, the issues with that and immediately got us together. It's, it's been a lot of fun, all the coaches talking and interacting. We've had a lot of excitement uh, with off-season hirings, you know, with uh, basketball and then bringing some uh, old Jeff guys back. And uh, it's just it's, it's been a lot of fun this off-season. I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Uh, Larry's done an excellent job with the, uh, up to this point. All right, great job. Coach Isaac Parker of Jeffersonville Football. Coach, I know this is just our first of many chats this season. Here on the Big X, thanks for the time today, and good luck to the Devils. Hey, also appreciate you covering the Little League. Thanks a lot for that. Oh, we had fun. It was great to be there with Jeff GRC, Coach Parker's son, a part of that team, and a really good all-star team here locally. That's going to wrap things up for this Thursday program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.